Hi, Dr. Romney. Thanks for being here. Thank what you, is Tom. betrayal trauma? So betrayal trauma is a series of reactions that a person will experience, psychological and emotional reactions that a person will experience after a pretty significant and protracted period of betrayal in a close or significant relationship. So, you know, sort of a classical example of betrayal trauma would be, it's not as simple as just somebody cheated on you, but you come to find out they've been cheating on you for 15 years, or they have oh. a child with this other person, or all, all those years you, or months or whatever, you suspected they were cheating on you and you keep bringing it up like, something doesn't feel right. And they're like, don't be ridiculous. And they come up with all these alibis and gaslight and all of that. It's this, it's this fallout that comes after somebody who's been significantly betrayed. It, it could be, it could be something that's a public betrayal, you know, that somebody not only, it's not just an infidelity, but maybe an infidelity with a family member, like you're sleeping with your sister kind of thing, or they're, mm -hmm. they're behaving in a really inappropriate way, in a public way that could bring shame upon a family. So, and, and it, again, it tends not to be sort of a one-off. It's something that may have been going on for a very long time. And then a person comes to find out there was this whole big story behind the betrayal. It wasn't just this one thing. It was, it was this whole constellation of things that kind of came together. And it, it's yeah. really, destabilizing for a person who goes through it through it is the term or phrase betrayal trauma something that's being used by clinicians or mm -hmm. is this a layman's term no no it's something that clinicians use and it's it's oh. i i often view betrayal trauma as something that's very tightly linked in with complex post complex trauma not necessarily i mean it's saying again complex trauma has some specific kinds of parameters around what that trauma looks like but if the betrayal trauma is long-term enough is sort of has this really kind of big wide web around it that in essence a person experiencing betrayal trauma will say I was married to a stranger or my family member is a stranger or it's just sort of this what just happened kind of thing yeah. and a person kind of walking through their life kind of hollowed out looking like a deer in the headlights because it's not just as simple as somebody wakes up one day and says you know what this marriage isn't working anymore Let's, right. let, it's not that and you're kind of sad and right. like where did this come from but there is no other person you really truly did grow apart this is something very very different sort of deceit upon deceit upon deceit i understand that so how does somebody whoa whoa betrayal trauma ladies and gentlemen the voice of reason back in the building kbla talk 1580 you know, live from legendary Lamert Park, year number two. Tavis got it on fire over here. Enzo Williams is helping to stoke it. Let's go. Let's go. Tonight's topic. It's a deep one. It's one I'm guilty of. Oh, don't act like. brother. I want to hear from the brothers tonight. Don't act like you've never betrayed your significant other through dishonesty or maybe infidelity. I've done it. Today is time to get it off our chest. And we're going to talk about it, man. Getting over it ain't easy. True or false? If you still want them, you've got to get over it by any means. How long does it typically take to fully heal, forgive, and move forward with a partner who has caused emotional pain and hurt? 
Now, you hear this all the time. You hear it everywhere. If you do the research, if you check it out, everybody says healing happens on the person who was betrayed or hurt or harmed in the relationship. It happens on their timeline. You can't force it. You can't push it. You kind of got to sit with it with them if they decide to stay with you. Right? How long is too long? Is there a too long? Is the clock off the table? Hmm? How does the pain of betrayal and the power of forgiveness impact an intimate relationship? Is it simply a matter of what you focus on? I guess it lasts as long as it's going to last if you focus on it, right? I'm talking about the pain. I'm talking about the hurt, the disappointment, the frustration. If you continuously focus on what happened, might hurt you, right? Might continue to live. Or if you say, okay, I really do forgive you and we move on from it, guess we've moved on i guess moving on isn't as easy as a simple i accept your apology as a simple you're forgiven i guess there's more to it right 1-800-920-1580 how long does it last now today we played the clip by uh dr romany and she elucidated on, right, this betrayal trauma. And whenever you're dealing with traumas, you really can't push people to get better. You really got to sit in it if they're willing to still have you as a person to sit in it with them. So you got to sit in it. What causes entitlement in relationship? Uh-oh. Whoa. Wait a minute. Where did that come from? When faced with a partner who has committed an act of betrayal, such as fidelity or dishonesty, is it more beneficial to attempt to rebuild and repair the relationship? Or should you just end it? 1-800-920-1580. Repair, rebuild. Is love stronger then betrayal trauma. Eesh. We got a real versus going on tonight. Is the love you have for your partner, the one you're, you said is the one, right? And remember, the one can be flawed, the one can hurt you, and typically the one will hurt you. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. Why? Because the one is a work in progress. The one is not perfect. The one is not without flaws. See, let me tell you, in the church, it's come as you are, and we have all fallen short of the grace of God, but these are words. When this actually happens in a relationship, it's kind of hard to put that verse front and center, right? Yeah. What are the negative effects of entitlement? If I'm the victim, you hurt me, you betrayed me, you were dishonest with me, does that mean I get to cash in on my entitlement card a little bit? 
1-800-920-1580. I want to hear your thoughts. It's going to be a deep one tonight. People are in here right now. People are in here. They're watching. They're commenting. I want to hear from you. I want to talk to you. This is a non-judgmental space. I want to hear your perspective. 1-800-920-1580. Call me, call me, call me. How does entitlement exhibited by a betrayal of a significant other impact the relationship and one's personal well-being? What are the potential negative consequences of entitlement, such as feelings of resentment, lack of trust, and emotional distance? How can individuals recognize and address entitlement in themselves and their partners to promote healing and strengthen their relationship? What factors should be considered when making this decision, such as the severity of the betrayal, the willingness of both parties to work on the relationship, and the potential for future and trust and happiness? This, can it happen? Can it happen? What type of people do we need to be in order to make it happen? What tools should we have in our toolbox, in our relationship toolbox, right? What tools do we need in order to rebuild trust, in order to rebuild love, in order to rebuild intimacy, closeness? How can one navigate the complex emotions and challenges that come with either choice and ultimately make the best decision for their own well-being and future happiness? Mm. How do individuals develop a sense of entitlement in a relationship and what factors contribute to this behavior? This is heavy stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The caveat is... I still want to be with you. I still want you. But you can't want to hold on to the betrayal, to the hurt that came with it, more than you want to hold on to the relationship. Sometimes it boils down to a choice, right? How many people choose staying in the pain? And when I say staying in the pain, I mean... You know, always ruminating on it, always looking at it like, uh, you shouldn't have did that, shouldn't have did that. I'm talking about the past stuff, like psychological past, right? Why, oh man, you should have did something different. You should have went in another direction. Why, why would you do this? And and you, you get what I'm saying? Do you want to stay in that space? Because if you really want the person, you got to let that go, right? Some I don't know. Don't, listen. I'm the voice of reason. I'm the curator of the discussion. Don't look at me because I, I don't know the answer to this. What are the psychological and emotional effects of constantly dwelling on the past and the hurt that lives there? And how does dwelling on the past and the impact of what the betrayer did to you, you know, kind of handicap your ability to trust and engage in the present relationship listen when i come forward the voice of reason i got more questions believe it or not 
And the phone lines will be open. I want everybody to get involved. The number to dial is 1-800-920-1580. Get in here now. A lot of people don't know this, but the best way to prevent divorce, stop separation, and win your wife back is not talking about your problems. It's not trying to make your wife happy and begging her. And it's definitely not seeing a couple's therapist. Now, you may be saying to yourself right now, well, if it's not those things, then what is it? But over the past eight years as a licensed therapist, I've been absolutely obsessed with understanding why wives truly leave their husbands and what causes couples to restore their marriage in a matter of weeks. And I call it the ERM method. Look, I don't care if your wife told you that she wants space, she wants you to move out, she said, I love you, but I'm no longer in love with you, or she even handed you the dreaded divorce papers. This is a done for you system with three steps involved to get your wife back without bending over backwards to make her happy. Now look, the reason why this works so well is because as a licensed therapist, I saw that the traditional method of talking about your problems only made things worse. I spent years in sessions with couples trying to talk about the problems and I saw that I was just being a referee between both of them and they would only leave worse than when they came in. That coupled with seeing my dad go through a devastating divorce and what happened to him caused me to spend the next eight years of my life finally figuring this thing out for good. Over the course of those thousands of hours, that's where I developed a new method to help people like Joe. Now, Joe was on a second marriage when he came to me. He tried everything under the sun. He read all the relationship books. He did all the chores. He did all the things his wife complained about, but it only made things worse for him. That's when Joe saw a video of mine just like this, and he clicked the link down below to watch the same exact video you could watch to turn around his marriage in a matter of weeks. Not only is Joe thriving in the relationship, him and his wife- We did a whole commercial for Josh. What in the Sam hell? But he did say something that I think might be true a lot of people think they need to hash it out i'm one of those people see well one thing about the voice of reason i'm gonna tell the truth about me all right a lot of people think they need to hash it out right they want to know all the details they want to know everything i'm one of those people i'm gonna raise my hand here you know, because sometimes you want to have conversations, you want to get clarity. Relationships, as healthy ones, are not, uh, they don't try to evade uh, tough conversations. But I do believe there is a piece of truth to what he's saying. You can only talk about the problem so much. I think people tend to ruminate on the problem over and over and over again. And I think... Uh, breaking the cycle of mental rumination of what happened, why it happened. Uh, you'll hear a clip later in the show from Jordan Peterson who talks about this whole ideological construct that is rooted in an image that we have for our partner that once that gets damaged, it's really hard for the the, the partner who was betrayed or who was lied to, or it's hard for them to reorganize a new image for the person, which goes right back into yesterday's topic when we were talking about limerence. See, a lot of people say at the altar, till death do us part for better or for worse. But I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'm, I, I bet worse has a better record than better. I, I can almost guarantee if somebody would do the empirical research, 
Because I'm looking at Pretty Brown uh, uh, Mimi, 726. She said, I would just end it. Well, you can end things that are superficial. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Huh? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you can end things that are superficial. And I, you know, but see, I, I tend to believe that most relationships, you know, are only but so deep. I believe that most people are in relationships tolerating each other. They're not accepting each other. I believe that most relationships have an undercurrent of judgment, evaluation, criticism, right? Fear, ego, entitlement. I think a lot of that's happening. So, like I said yesterday, when the human shows up in the relationship and cause jealousy, envy, when the human in a relationship shows up and causes some kind of injury to their partner, hmm, that's when you start to see like, oh, this is the bottom of my tank. So you don't want to tell your partner to get over it. But how do you encourage your partner whom you hurt whom they say they want to be still be with you, how do you encourage them to let go of the focus they have habitually applied to the infraction? 1-800-920-1580. We got callers on the line. People want to talk about it. Let's get Clyde from Hartford, Connecticut in the building. Clyde, get in here. Hello, Zozo. What's going on? What's up, good brother? How you doing? I'm actually doing fine. You? Man, I'm alive and well. Talk to me, brother. So, I so I had a situation. You know, it's kind of funny because um, you actually counseled me and my girl like a few years ago. But we had a situation where I found out I had a 13-year-old daughter. Wait, can you, so, count, can you counsel me now? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Finish, brother. <laughs> okay, so... um. I found out I had a 13-year-old daughter. So when I told my, at that time, girlfriend, I mean, we, we talked about it. And then at that time, we was in a counseling. So we had a counseling session. I went inside the house. She went through my phone and texted my new baby mother. Uh-uh. And Hold on. I didn't even no, know. no, 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 no. Hold on, good brother. No, 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 no. Hold on. We got a heater right here. When we come forward, we going to talk to Clyde out of Hartford, Connecticut. He got a real story for us tonight. One of the pathways to forgiveness is to have the person who's wronged you confess, right? And to confess is to give a detailed and compelling accurate differentiated causal account of the betrayal it's like here's exactly what happened here's the multiple instances here's my entire set of motivations this is why i was so angry with you that i thought that this betrayal was acceptable here's why i was so impulsive and shallow that i believed that the affair was justifiable right that has to go all the way down to the depths to a depth that's as deep as the betrayal itself. 
And maybe once that confession has been made manifest and a plan has been put forward that is indicative of the willingness and ability to change, that a reconfigured relationship can be newly established and move forward on that basis. Wow. Wow. You know who that is, Jordan Peterson. And that's interesting because I do agree with what he's saying, although it's a moment of transparency yet again. I haven't always been really open to being that vulnerable to talk about my betrayals. Right. But there have been times where I've been exceedingly vulnerable. I think it's a person to person basis. I have been exceedingly vulnerable and shared and opened up in a way that I've never opened up before. And you know what's really hurtful is when you are in a space of new frontiers for yourself. Like you've never been, uh, you know, past a certain point when it comes to vulnerability, when it comes to accountability, when it comes to responsibility, when it comes to opening up and sharing how you've hurt your significant other. And then your significant other looks at that as nothing, not enough. Or worse, they act as if you didn't say anything and they continue to stay in the space that they want to be in while, while you know, paradoxically saying, yo, I want to be somewhere. I want to I be in a better place with you. I want to be in a better space with you. And somebody in the chat room wrote something that sounded just like me. Listen, I don't mind talking about how jacked up Zoe Williams is. You're never going to catch me on here saying that I'm the paragon of integrity. I'm the paragon of intellect. I'm, I'm the best of the best. I'm the cream of the crop. You're never going to catch me doing that because I'm flawed. I forgot who wrote it. Somebody wrote it. Can somebody re repost it? But it sounded just like me. Somebody said, tell your girl, if I can remember, because uh, I can't seem to find it. Said, tell your girl to get over it or get gone. Now, I know I've, I've said something like that, if not those exact words. Get over it or get gone. Now, my intention behind why I would say something like that, Clyde, I'm coming to you. My intention for behind why I would say something like that, in my head, I'm a coach. So I'm looking and I'm saying, hey, staying in this, this, this downtrodden negative space, right? Staying in that space, you, you're, you're just going to ruminate and exacerbate the pain. Anytime you're talking about some type of shift in your life, it becomes it comes with a shift in perspective. You can't ruminate on what happened and expect something new and better to happen. So I love the power of now by Eckhart Tolle. And I heard somebody explain the power of now in a way that crushed Eckhart Tolle's philosophy. Right. It was it was um, what's my man, Reverend Ike, Reverend Ike called the now eternity. 
I said, what? I never looked at it that way. The now is ever renewing and it is eternal. Because every day we live, we live in the now. We visit the past by remembering it. We dream of the future by projecting our hopes and dreams out into it. But the now is eternity. So now, what are we doing? We want to go back to the past. We want to rehash. We want to recook. Do we really want to get over something? And yes, everybody needs their time to get over it. You got to throw the clock out the window. But in a way, if there's no timeline, right? Because remember, a lot of people approach healing the same way they, they approach changing. Listen to what I'm saying. A lot of people approach healing the same way they approach changing or growing. They think if they sit there and let time pass, time will heal all wounds. Only if you're working. Only if you're putting positive things in your spirit. If you're looking for the positive, many people are looking for the negative. There is a payoff in victimhood. There is a payoff in that. So in reading those words, uh, tell your girl to get over it and get gone. Tell your girl to get over it or get gone. From my perspective, I'm talking like a coach. The intention is to say, come on, let's go. Let's go in another direction. Let's not stay here. That's my thought process. If you know, and what's interesting, I saw this pastor by the name of Miles Monroe. And he was saying the same thing. He said, your woman, your wife is your divine project. He said, if your wife uh, doesn't dress well, it's your job. Dress her. Right. He said, if your wife is struggling uh, with her weight, it's your job. Coach her. Get up. Come on, babe. We going to. You know, so a lot of times the way I coach and people who have taken my coaching know this, I'm, I'm straightforward with you. You got a choice when you're trying to get over a hurt that your significant other caused you that you choose to remain with. If you choose to remain with them, you have to be willing. Willing is another level of consciousness we talked about yesterday. You have to be willing to stay away from the negative thoughts, which goes back to our clinician, Jeff, who said the worst thing he could do is have people talk about what they've been through. We empower it. We empower our position as you were wrong and you owe me better treatment. I don't know if y'all listening tonight. one 800 9 When I come forward, Hartford, Connecticut, Clyde, we're going to finish this juicy story you got for us. The voice of reason and his playlist. We on complete fire tonight. Getting over it ain't easy. Man, it's a tough topic tonight. How can one sustain and nurture an intimate relationship with a partner who has caused emotional pain through betrayal? Nurture and sustain. Well, communication, right? 
communication, open and honest communication is essential in any relationship, especially when trying to rebuild trust after betrayal. Both partners should be willing to listen to each other's feelings and concerns without judgment. That's hard to do, even for me. Uh, it's, it's difficult, but uh, I would say that that is paramount. You have to be open. You have to be willing to talk. Can't just shut down conversations because they don't—they're not comfortable. Uh, and then patience. Raise my hand again. I have a difficult time being patient. Uh, rebuilding trust takes time, and it's important to be patient with each other. It's also important to recognize that healing is a is not a linear process, and there may be setbacks along the way. Uh, yeah, that hundred yeah, percent true. Uh, and then forgiveness. Forgiveness is not just a word. Forgiveness is a way of life. Forgiveness is a practice. Forgiveness is like dogma. It's it's uh, it, 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 it's something you practice and you do every day. It's not something you just say and you feel like it's good. No, no. Forgiveness is actually a way of life. Forgiveness is a personal choice. And it's important to remember that it's not about excusing the behavior but rather letting go of the anger and the resentment. That is the key. No, I'm not very patient in my relationships. I've been told that. Now, in my head, I think I'm patient, but apparently not. Uh, apparently, I am not. Forgiveness uh, can help both partners move forward and create a stronger relationship. And then there's boundaries. Boundaries in this incident uh, in this context i consider that to be uh soundries you know setting clear boundaries can help rebuild trust and prevent future betrayal these are plans this is how we're going to operate this is how we're going to move forward this is my commitment here i'm willing to do this i'm willing to change that i'm willing to incorporate you in this way right um but sometimes these are too little too late and then, of course, counseling, Dr. Jashana Johnson and the many other beautiful intelligent sisters that are clinicians and psychologists and therapists and, uh, you know, folks of that nature that I've brought on this show. So it's very important that uh, there should be a plan enacted. Time is not the only thing. Like if if time is cool. You're going to find that you don't need as much time as you think you do if you got communication, patience, forgiveness, boundaries, and counseling popping. Y'all going to get through it. And you're going to get through it, and you're going to look back and go, wow. You know, wow, we got through that. But if you think time alone without work, you know, that reminds me of uh, James. What is faith without work? Sometimes time, we put... We put more faith in time than we put in the work. We just need time. No, you need the time, of course, but you need to be working while you're taking the time so that you can heal, so that you can come back open and ready and, and we're, we're aware of where we are and where we've come from. So that's big. Clyde, Hartford, Connecticut, get in here. Yes, yes, yes. Now you speaking, man. Now what happened? Okay, I have a crazy situation. So I found out I had a 13-year-old child. This happened about, this happened in 2021. I tell my girlfriend at the point, at the time, we and we talk. A month later, she texted my new baby mother a whole bunch of stuff. And 
me and my baby mother get into it. The ink's not even dry that I'm the father, and she's threatening to call the cops on me for harassment. I'm never, I'm never going to see my child again. And I asked my girlfriend, why would you do this? And she was like, well, you talked to her about me year, years, years ago. And I still haven't been able to get past that because so much happened in that situation. Like, I almost lost my child. And then my mother had died a week later. So I couldn't bring my child to even see my mother before she died. So I've never been able to get over that point of her hurting me that bad. And it's already been two years. And we just had an argument. And she said, well, I, well I've never been through your phone. I'm like, you're lying. And we had a whole blow up. All right, so coaching time. You you do know that this is out of your control, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you got to do when things are out of your control? Let them go. Let it go. Let go of the desire to have, listen to what I'm about to say. Let go of your desire to have your ideal outcome. Mm. Yeah, see? See? I, I can do this on the radio, but in real life, this don't work. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm saying in my relationships, I get pushback. But this will help you, right? I'm telling you, brother, that is out of your control now. You can't change the way people think, right? You, you can't. You can't change the way they think. You can't change the way they look at you. Or perceive you. So what you have to do. Is shift your focus. See a lot of healing has to do with. The shifting of perspective and focus. So you got to shift your focus. Where do you shift it to? Uh, working on me. That's one way. Look at that. But you also are a father of this child right? Yes. Do you have access to the child? Yes, uh, now I do. Okay. So you got focus on me, working on me, and then what? Um, I have to focus on the relationship between me and my child. How about it? See, we listen, man. People want to argue in a circle most of the time. See, once everything comes out, and you get down to the meat and potatoes of who did what and, and whatever. If the relationships are valuable, what happens or what needs to happen and you want to continue them, just like Jordan Peterson said, there has to be a heartfelt apology, a sincere apology. I am sorry. I mismanaged the whole situation. I am taking responsibility for what I did that caused you great pain. It was not my intention to hurt you. And moving forward, if you grant me your trust again, I will not hurt you again. See, that's the human part. Now, the rest of it is you. Let me work on me. Let me do some self-observation. Let me see how I show up negatively in the relationship, how I impact people negatively, and then we can move forward. But many people, that ain't enough for a lot of people. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Man, stay with me. Hold tight. When we come forward, phone lines of bananas, we talking to everybody. When you're healing from shattered trust and betrayal, it is very common to experience a wide and wild range of emotions. Sadness, anger, uh, frustration, rage, ex exhaustion. Physically, you're gonna feel so exhausted. There are so many things you're gonna be experiencing. They're all normal, they're all expected. Here's what you need to do. Give yourself some space, give yourself some grace. You are facing it feeling it so that you can heal it. You're not numbing, avoiding, distracting. When you do, you're just keeping it at bay. Uh, you're not healing it though. What you're doing is diving in, working through it, and hopefully moving through the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough and expect that these emotions will be there. They need to be unearthed. They need to be looked through so they can be dealt with. If we can help, of course, just reach out, but you're doing a great job. This stuff isn't easy. Ladies and gentlemen, Voice of Reason, second hour. You already know what it is. Live from KBLA Talk 1580 from, you know, legendary Lamert Park. Let me get my brother Clyde in here. For everybody who's just tuning in, we're talking about how to get over, you know, uh, an infidelity or a betrayal or uh, an emotional hurt from your partner that you're trying to stay with and it's a heavy topic tonight and we have Clyde from Hartford Connecticut who just took us on a real soap opera talk to us give us your final thoughts on tonight's topic good brother um I, I like definitely appreciate the help I mean like I never looked at it you know just apologizing for what could for what could have started it because in my head I'm like dang I didn't I didn't I, I didn't do nothing wrong if if I really look at it, I must have did something wrong to trigger that emotion which came which came to the outcome. But even if you didn't do anything wrong, the advice still stands, which is control what is yours to control. Yes. That's it. You can control yourself. You could do your own self-work and self-evaluation. And also, you got a relationship to develop and cultivate and curate with a 13-year-old, right? Yes. There you go. There you go. Now, the the child that you had, did this predate uh, the relationship with the young lady? Yes. Then, you know, you can't, there's nothing you can do about that. She's upset about it. There's nothing you can do about it. You didn't know about it, correct? No. Or, or, what else? So if she wants to argue that, she can argue that. And if she wants to stay with you, you have to find ways to be supportive of her disappointment. And it's okay for her to be disappointed, but really, you're dis she's disappointed at something that really can't be altered. It happened before your relationship. It came to your knowledge while you were in relationship with her. The baby is 13. So... Yes, you get to feel how you feel. See, a lot of people just want to stay miserable, I feel. Like, there's really nothing he can do or you can do. So why waste the time and energy being mad at an intractable situation? There's nothing either either of you guys can do, correct? True. There it is, man. I appreciate the call, Clyde. Thank you for setting it off, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, though. Yes, sir. Let's keep these calls coming. 
Let's keep these calls cracking. Who's been on the longest? Sean, Oakland, California. Get in here. Do you remember back in the spring when the morning birds would sing? Oh, Lord. I think, I'm telling you, I mean, I think a lot of people, and because I'm, you know, been, you know, almost on my uh, uh, 32nd year wedding anniversary, I think sometimes we forget. I don't live in the past, and I don't suggest anyone should, except you should do hindsight. You should see where you've come from and, and remember those times. You need to do that because I think it was, uh, well, True Monger the other night, it was yesterday or day before or whenever, but um, he had mentioned like some of these things are low-frequency relationships, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I get it because – they're not trying to raise or match. Actually, here's a better thing. They're not trying to match the frequencies with you. What they're trying to do is probably not conscious, but they're actually bringing it down. And, and, and you don't know how to respond to that because how do you respond to negative frequencies? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, what do you do? I mean, uh, you're, you don't want to have the relationship dissolve you know, uh, you know, not right off the bat. And so my point is, is that sometimes, and, and, and actually as much as you can, repair communication breakdowns. Mm. Repair them. Mm-hmm. Because, look, we all have said, I've made every mistake in the book. i said this a million times on your show. I've made every mistake. That's why I call, because I'm trying to say, don't, make those same ones I've made or just don't make them as much. But, you know, if you have a breakdown in communication, try to repair that. You know, then you're going to see the the communication between the relationship. You're like, you know what? I couldn't do it any other way at that point in time. It was just crazy. You know, perception is reality. It just seemed like total crisis at the time. And I responded the way I did, but you know what? That was just a reaction. Let's talk this out. But right. if you don't try to repair, who cares? Right. They'll be like, I don't care about you. You don't care about me. And then it becomes a big negative thing. Right. You know, Brother Zoe, you, you are amazing the way you talk to people and coach them. I've been listening. And so, you know, there's no perfect. Right. We all screw up. The main thing is, how much do you want to try to repair a damaged relationship? You know, it's up to you to take the bull by the horns. I know that's an old cliche, but I say it doesn't mean a guy or a girl. It could be either one. You know, you take the initiative to try to repair that. Mm -hmm. And that way, the other person, then the ball is in their court. And you'll know very soon, do they want to work through this with you, or do they want to bail? Right. And maybe if someone wants to bail, maybe that's the best thing for the relationship, sadly. Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate that insight. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Brother Sean. You brought Oakland, California in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward, you best believe we're going to New York City, Atlanta, Georgia, Texas, Dallas, Texas. We got callers. Get in here if you want to participate. The Voice of Reason is on fire.
the voice of reason, friends and family, get in here. Join this conversation, man. That's Sunshine Anderson. She's heard it all before. Listen. Gosh, I hate to admit this, man. But most of the relationships, man, that all of us go through, including myself, have been low vibrational. We think love is real. But we haven't cultivated enough in ourselves. We haven't healed enough to really tap into the real deal. Here's a true or false question. Real love, you tell me. I want you to call in and give me your answer to this. True or false, real love taking a loss to betrayal is like God losing a 12-round heavyweight title fight decision to the devil. When it's real. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about limerence. I'm not talking about, you know, the uber toxic stuff. I'm talking about we don't see eye to eye. We can't agree. We're arguing. uh, uh, We're struggling to make sense of it all. But we really do love each other. You answer me that question. True or false? Real love taking a loss to betrayal. Is like God losing a heavyweight championship fight, 12-round decision to the devil. God taking an L to the devil. I, I just don't believe that it's true. You don't run out of love. You run out of tools. Right? You run out of tools, in my opinion. There are several reasons why someone might choose to reconcile with someone who has hurt them. The number one uh, answer to that was love. The person may still love the individual who hurt them and want to work through the pain to salvage the relationship. The key word there is work. And really, that so, so many times people will put the work on the person who hurt. No, the work has to be put on you. And it isn't to say that the person who hurt you doesn't have their own work to do. But in order for you to rekindle the trust so it can join the love that is still there, there must be internal work going on. You must be willing We talked about the consciousness level of willingness, right? We talked about willingness before, right? The consciousness level of willingness. Spiritual growth depends on two things. First, a willingness to live according to the word of whatever God you believe. Secondly, a willingness to take whatever consequences emerge as a result. Sinclair B. Ferguson, right? Willingness is an extremely high level of consciousness. Are you willing to let go of the narrative of it shouldn't have happened? Are you willing to let go of the narrative of you hurt me? Are you willing to let go of the narrative of you didn't handle me right after you hurt me? Are you willing to let go of certain narratives? Right? Because oftentimes... If we feel like 
you're not doing your best after this, you know, after this has happened. There's going to be a justification for staying in this particular space. And it's hard to be with me because I'm like a coach. I'm going to be coaching, but I'm going to be coaching like you're a player. I need the effort. You're going to have to put it in now. Come on, let's go. And sometimes that may be taken, you know, as negative, maybe condescending, maybe abrasive even. But again, those reasons for why you would reconcile with a loved one is love. Then two, forgiveness, right? Forgiveness, right? The person may have forgiven the individual who hurt them and want to move forward with a clean slate. It can't be clean with the residue of the memory of what happened. This is why I say some people, it ain't just I'm mad at you, I'm disappointed. It might be betrayal trauma that we spoke about in the first part of the show. Then another reason why people might want to reconcile with someone who has hurt them is closure. The person may want closure and resolution to the situation and feel that reconciliation is the best way to achieve it. Well, closure means closed. Not let's go back and reopen it. Not say, you're forgiven. I love you. We're going to make it work. And then, but I'm really not over it. The next argument that pops up, the next disagreement that pops up, so does the thing that you were supposed to be forgiven for. That you want to get over it. You want to get through it. You got to sit next to it. And you got to love on it. You got to love on the experience. Right? People don't understand what that means, right? Another reason for why you would reconcile with a person. Growth. The person may see the experience as an opportunity for personal growth and development and believe that reconciling with the individual who hurt them will help them grow and learn from the experience. That's a high level of consciousness. There's willingness. There's, there's, hey, I know you're special, but you're human. I know you're an amazing man or woman, but you're human. I swear to God, most of the things we say are cliches. We don't really believe in them. We don't really enact them into our lives. We don't integrate them into our lives. We don't really do that. Right? We just say it. In a calm moment, in a good moment, right? But to say, oh, the worst relationship I had taught me the most, but I couldn't be with them no more. Well, unless they were trying to kill you, your reason for leaving. And if I were to go down the list of people you dated after them, are they better? Are they better for you spiritually? Financially, whatever. Are they better? Did you grow more? Hmm. Man, ultimately, the decision to reconcile with someone who has hurt you is is a personal one and depends on the individual's values, beliefs and goals for the relationship. A lot of people don't want to hear this stuff tonight, but I'm, I'm here to tell you. You want 
to reconcile with someone who hurt you. They gotta, you, you both got to let it go. You got to let go of the hurt. The hurt is a conduit for the lesson. That's what I say. They take every day. We're a culture of quotes. We'll take Rumi. The wound is where the light enters. Everybody want to be deep. Got a podcast. Got a radio show. You know, the wound is, you know, where the light enters, according to Rumi. Yes, you can say that when things are good. But can you say that in the fire of betrayal? The betrayal of a loved one. Can you apply the meaning behind the words? Right? Can you say, the person I love the most just brought light into my life with this difficult situation. And the person, if they are this type of person of a certain caliber, should make you consider, right? I think I, I think I can make this work with them. I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated. I'm hurt. I might even have... You know, betrayal trauma. But this this is a once in a lifetime person. So if you, you want to reconcile with the person who hurt you. You got to do your own work. You got to practice mindfulness and not just in a cliche way. You got to be gentle with yourself and your partner, because guess what? It's a dyadic experience. What does that mean? It's bi-directional. Yes, I need you to pour love into me to remind me of the great person you are. You did hurt me, but that doesn't mean I must or I should abdicate my responsibility to the relationship. So maybe we sit down and create new boundaries and rules. We say, you know, I'm still working through what we've been through. So let's take every other week off. Right. If you guys are not in the same household. Right. Let's take a week off, jump back on, jump back off. Or if you live together, hey, let's take a week off of talking about whatever we've been through. Let's take a week off and do some work during that week and maybe come back with notes, not come back with complaints, come back with notes about what came up in our spirit about ourselves. Maybe we should have allow the negative emotions to flow devotion. Maybe we do that once a month while we're healing. Listen to that. Allow the negative emotions to flow devotion once a month. On Sunday, guess what? We get in here and we really just let our negative emotions flow about where we are. And the other partner can't judge it. The other partner can't disrespect, minimize, marginalize, or cut it off. But let me tell you, these are great ideas, right? But guess what? You got people in a relationship that haven't reached the level of consciousness, of willingness. Willingness to go through it. So many people hate the difficult moment that it prevents them from healing. 
Sunday emotional detox. You hurt me. So I get to just flow out this negative emotion on you. No judgment, no criticism, no condemnation. Just take it. And then maybe the next month, your Sunday is, guess what? This is how I feel being the bad guy in the relationship, being the villain in the relationship. Maybe you got to listen to that. I feel like you've abdicated your responsibilities as my partner. We decided to stay together after the infraction. So I feel like I'm, I'm the perpetual bad guy. And no matter what I do, that's right. Ain't right enough. And you got to listen to it. Woo, y'all ready for tonight? I feel like I'm just getting started. The voice of reason is on fire. When I come forward, New York, Atlanta, and Dallas. Let's go. If you betray me, then I have to see you differently. And, you know, I've, if we've interacted a long time, I've built up a hell of a model of you. You know, it's taken a tremendous amount of effort to generate. And I may have used that model as a predicate for all sorts of other plans, which is what you do with an intimate relationship. And so then if you do something that indicates a true mismatch, it isn't only that I have to adjust my actions. God only knows what I'm going to have to retool. I may even have to retool my perceptions of myself. I'm a lot more gullible than I thought I was, for example. And God only knows what the implications of that are. If you're close to me and you could do this to me, is that my flaw? And if I'm, am I carrying that into other relationships? It's an absolute catastrophe. If you Man, Jordan Peterson. Back to that limerence. I've created an entire ideological model of you. And your infraction cracked it. All of these shows are interrelated. This goes back to the Kensukuroi, becoming more beautiful after having been broken. What does that mean? <sighs> Come on. I need you. Kensukuroi and, and Wabi Sabi. That's what we talked about. The Japanese teapot where instead of using resentment and fear and guilt and shame and pride and ego and anger and disappointment as the lacquer to put your pieces back together, you decide to use willingness, love, patience, understanding, empathy, especially if your partner is worth keeping. That's what we, we, we're not talking about the person that is a degenerate. The person that's just not going to be good to nobody or themselves. We're talking about a good person who had an infraction in a relationship and there was a decision to stay together. But you can't stay together holding on to the memory of the hurt while trying to Walk in the light of healing. Mm. Willingness, high level of consciousness. Dr. David R. Hawking from the book Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender. We have the opportunity to choose whether we want to hang on or let go of emotional upsets. 
We can look at the cost of hanging on to them. Do we want to pay that price? Are we willing to accept the feelings? We can look at the benefits of letting go of them. The choice we make will determine our future. What kind of future do we want? Will we choose to be healed? Or will we, will we become one of the walking wounded? But that's, that's predicated on your focus. I can't believe they did that. Of all people, the one that loves me the most. But you've heard the lessons. Typically, the people closest to us do us the most damage. And oftentimes, that damage can be transmuted into personal growth. And oftentimes, the person who hurt you and you and the relationship can recover if there is willingness. This is why my words earlier today, get over it. And I said getting over it isn't easy, but get over it. Right? Dr. David R. R. Hawkins put it this way, too. He said, the insecure person is fearful and prone to jealousy, clinging, possessiveness, and attachment in relationship, an approach that always brings frustration. The purpose of these feelings is to bind and tightly possess the other, to achieve security by preventing loss, and at times to punish the other for our own fear of loss. Again, these attitudes tend to bring into manifestation the very thing we are holding in our minds. Why did you do it? Damn, you ruined our relationship. Why did you do it? Because I'm a human and I don't handle everything right. Including you. The other person now feeling pressured by our energy uh, or by our energy of dependency and possessiveness has an inner impulse to run for freedom, to withdraw, to detach and to do the very thing we fear the most. These attitudes lead to consistently wanting to influence others because people intuitively pick up our wish to control them. Their response is to resist. So the only way to bring about relinquishment of their resisting us is to let go of wanting to influence them in the first place. This means letting go of the inner fears as they come up. Dr. David R. Hawkins letting go. Again, we try to influence our partner by trying to convince them of our sincerity. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. Nah, I don't, I don't feel it. It ain't. The sorry ain't sorry enough. When is an apology from somebody you want to stay with not good enough? Come on. 1-800-920-158. Let's get these callers in here. Who's been on the longest? I see her. Mer, uh, Mera from New York. Mera. 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 Hey, so. Hello. 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 Hey, coach. Tap me in. You're in. Talk to us. Great. So I really admire you. Um, I just admire the the dynamic approach that you bring to coaching and healing. And I like that you talk about planning 
And one thing I noticed about the internet is we're constantly talking about other people when we have these amazing tools around organizing, planning, and building structure for these things that we discuss. Mm-hmm. So while we're talking about uplifting standards, developing boundaries, I love that you're discussing what are the actions oriented with that. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to betrayal, I mean, we have to be honest with ourselves about like, what our values are, and why we would even sabotage something that matters so much to us. Mm-hmm. But so it, I think by the time betrayal but it happens, happens, there's right? a lot of healing that hasn't happened. But it, yeah. it happens, right? We're all human beings. We're all works in progress, right? So it, it can mm-hmm. happen even from the best of us. And I think we should have a contingency plan for the humanity of us in relationships. Yes. I agree. I think that a person should have thoughts about what would make me stray from this relationship or do something wrong. And they should be seeking therapy. They should be talking with their therapist like, hey, I have a tendency towards gambling. I like to spend my family's money or I look at people and I fantasize about cheating on my partner with them. What should I do? Like, Every person should be working on a contingency plan around their own flaws and weaknesses and be honest about that. Mm. Um, Going to the deep, deep, dark depths of our own kind of griming, like the the dirt that's there, that's part of that self-development process. And if we bring like a playfulness and a sort of a kind of like a performance attitude, like let's dig it up, deal with it and get over it, but go deep on that. I think that's important. That's part of life. That's good stuff. Mara, you brought the city so nice. They had to name it twice. New York, New York is in the building because of Meta, Meta, Meta. We appreciate the call. Thank you. You got a seat at the table. Call us anytime if you want to bring your city in the building. All you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580 when I come forward. Even more callers. Host the Voice of Reason live on KBLA Talk 1580. Wow, tonight's topic has been very powerful. Before I get to my uh, last two callers, I just want to say this. The crucial point is by changing ourselves, we change the world. As we become more loving on the inside, healing occurs on the outside. Much like the rising of the sea lifts all ships, so the radiance of unconditional love within a human heart lifts all life. David R. Hawking's letting go. But the reason why that's important. Healing has become adversarial in relationships. He was the, he's the villain. He hurt you. And and now, sis, get, get your stuff together. And sis, heal yourself. And sis, and, and, do you get what I'm saying? Now you can't heal unless you have a villain. And I'm here to tell you that's not how healing works. You, there is no scapegoat for healing. Healing is about loving self. Loving the experiences you have gone through. Loving the lessons that have come from them. And guess what? If you are in a relationship with another work in progress that you feel to be worthy of staying in a relationship with, then stay with them. Y'all work together to heal the situation from the inside out towards each other. Man, that's how it's supposed to go, man. True monger, Dallas, Texas. Get in here. 
Yes, sir. Man, I'm in here acting a fool tonight. I don't know. <laughs> I see. What's happening, man? Talk to me. Oh, man, just trying to process this topic. Um uh, a lot of personal, in a lot of personal uh, points for me because I've been through this, had these very discussions. Um, being vulnerable, talking about my role and things not working out or things going south and everything like that. And sometimes what comes back to me, it seems like it's genuine, but then time passes and you may have conversations every now and then and you may ask a question and they get triggered and they respond in a negative way. Mm-hmm. When you just asking a question about something they said to you and they avoid answering it. They were like, they're just like, I don't want to talk about the past and why you keep bringing that up. And I don't know. I'm like, I asked one question. Mm-hmm. It's not something I keep bringing up. It's something you recently said to me. And I just wanted a better understanding of what you meant. But, and I'm not sure if it's the right response, but it's how I respond. And I'm like, okay, if you get offended, but when I ask you a question, cool. I just want to ask. I won't bother to understand where you were coming from. Or I just take what you said. Or, or getting offended by my encouragement. Yeah, that too. It's yeah. like, if you're going to get offended by that, why would I even offer the help? You come to me, you ask me for help. I point out certain things that may be caused, may be part of the problem or part of the issue, but you don't want to hear it, or you don't really want to do anything to change it. It's like it's like, it's like they put you in a no-win situation sometimes, where no matter what you say or how you respond to something, it's never good enough. So after a while, it's like you you'll feel like what's the point in trying, but you remember why you were with that person or what attracted you to that person. You remember the good stuff about it. Mm-hmm. And in, in most cases, the good stuff will trump the bad stuff. That's right. The bad, the bad stuff is just part of the part of the timeline. Is like you got bad stuff as part of yours. That's right. That's now, right. Are you wanting to learn from it and grow or are you going to stay in that spot? That's right. I appreciate it, True. Dallas, Texas in the building because of True Monger. He's always slapping us upside our dome piece with words of wisdom. We appreciate that. Let's get our final caller in. Nazarene, you're going to have to keep it tight and right. Atlanta, Georgia. Nazarene X, talk to me, mate. Yo, yo, all right, look. So I really love that question that you asked earlier, you know, about if real love loses to betrayal, is it like, God losing a 12-round knockout, drag-out fight <laughs> against the devil, right? <laughs> and in my heart, man, like, that's that's so big. And I feel like maybe I'm just called to speak to it. I think it's, it's more false than true um, from this side. I feel like it's more like God being disqualified without even showing up. Impossible. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. But but <laughs> one but, love to but, you, I appreciate No, wait, but wait. You you just okay. you brought yeah. up something big. It's normalized in our society to quit. And I'm not talking about mm. getting away from an abusive person. You're supposed to do that. Somebody's trying to hurt you. Somebody's intentionally trying to hurt you. Get away from them. 
But I'm talking about a, having a partner who's flawed. It makes more sense to get away nowadays. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. But that's I, I feel you all the way, y'all. Hey, man, all I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank <laughs> appreciate you for the insight, you. man. Nazarene uh, X brought uh, Atlanta, Georgia in the building. We had a whole bunch of callers, and you already know how I do this, man. How do you reconcile with someone who hurt you? Well, you got to start learning how to manage relationship conflict. Healthy relationship needs conflict management skills. You can do that by emphasizing the positive in your relationship. Does your partner actually love you? Would your partner really put it all out on the line for you? And then you have to back that up by de-emphasizing the negative. You got to share your feelings and try not to see your significant uh, and try to you have to share your feelings while trying to see your significant other's point of view as well. Right. It's not all about you, man. Right. You got to say something to your partner or spouse at at the time the problem occurs. You can't wait eight months and then say, "Okay, this is how I really been feeling. Right. Healthy relationships require compromise on a regular basis. Right. Uh, The sister called in earlier says seek support definitely do that practice self-care set boundaries work on forgiveness communicate open openly hey i started the conversation you finish it the voice of reason is always on fire i'm back in